You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey, you're joining me for episode 211 of the Blended Family Podcast. It's good to be back. I can't believe Halloween is almost here in a couple of weeks, which means that the holidays are already upon us, so I can't even believe it. And of course, fall for me is my favorite season, but it's still kind of hot here, so it doesn't really feel too much like fall, but time is definitely flying by. We actually have homecoming here this weekend. Even though it's not our weekend to have the kids, they will be here because the girls want to get ready for that. We've got two of them coming uh, or going, I should say, to homecoming. And we were actually supposed to go to Orlando Pride this weekend. It is Pride weekend. And that's actually also a very important weekend for us because, as you know, probably from listening, if you've listened to some of the older shows, haven't really talked about it in a while, but we have one uh, gay daughter and the other daughter that we have is bisexual. And then, of course, we have one that's straight. <laughs> but uh, so it, it's always a big deal for us to go to Pride. And so uh, we're not able to go this year because we've got homecoming instead. But just wanted to talk about that for just a moment because we, our daughters came out to us, you know, many years ago. And we happen to be a very open family. And I've talked about this here on the show. And there's nothing wrong with it. Love is love is love. And I just want you guys to be aware, and, and hopefully it's none of you, but there, there are a lot of parents that kick their kids out of the house because they find out that they're gay. And so most of the time when you see homeless teenagers, it's often because they were kicked out of the house. And so I don't think that that should happen to any child, especially because they love who they love. So I just wanted to bring a little bit of awareness to that. Please be there for your kids. I know it was also, um, I think it was National Coming Out Day. I don't know if that was yesterday or sometime this week that day was. And so be there for your kids. You know, if you have a gay child or a bisexual child, make sure that they know that they can come and talk to you because there's also a high suicide rate, high homeless rate, and it's just not right. So let's everybody pay some special attention to that this year. Okay. Other than that, where I will be, not this coming week, but the week after on the 23rd and the 24th, we've got two really big events here. So again, I know there's a lot of you that do live in and around Central Florida. I know for some of you, this this will not matter. But if you do live in and around Central Florida, I will be in Kissimmee at a very big special event on the 23rd, the evening of the 23rd. And on the evening of the 24th of October, we are hosting an event here, myself and my husband here in Cocoa, Florida. So uh, I will be posting those in the group and I might post them on the regular page as well. But if you have any questions and you need more details about that, just email me, Melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and I will write you back. But just be on the lookout for the, I will post some flyers about where we're going to be if you want to come out and meet us. So, and then the last thing I just wanted to talk about is these meetups. I know I mentioned last week that I'm going to be trying to create some meetup groups here. 
And again, this is just for my local folks, but I wouldn't mind if some of you in other states, if you wanted to do meetups as well, because I'm going to create a blended family podcast meetup group. And if you want to do it in your city, in your town, I can definitely send you the itinerary. We can maybe do it together so that we can start having these meetups all across the world. That would be wonderful. So let me know if you want to get in on that. I'm actually creating two meetup groups. One is for blended families. The other one is going to be for women empowerment. So if you want to get involved in that at all, again, just email me, Melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. So I don't have any other announcements today. We've got a co-hosting show with a dad that I actually sat down and interviewed all the way back last February. That's how behind I am, guys, on my I'm getting my interviews and my co-hosting shows out to you. So I apologize for that. Uh, Mark has been a great sport waiting all this time for his show to come out. So thank you, Mark. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview because, or I should say this conversation, because you're going to hear perspective from another dad. And it's always nice and different to hear a different perspective. So I hope you guys enjoy that very much. And I hope to be back next week with another show. Bye, everyone. Hello, everybody. We are back with another co-hosting episode today, and I'm really excited to welcome Mark to the show, which is going to be really exciting. We can have another male perspective. I know I don't have a a ton of men joining me on these co-hosting shows, but I would definitely like more, and I think that men have a lot to say. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Melissa. How are you? I'm doing great. And you are all the way from Tacoma, Washington. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the structure of your blended family and your kids and everything that's going on over there? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yes, here in beautiful the Northwest, and hopefully we don't want to let too many people know about our beautiful area, so <laughs> it doesn't get the urban crawl. However, uh, my name is uh, Mark Rao, and um, I've been living with my partner slash girlfriend, significant other. We kind of always try to just figure out a great name to call our, our <laughs> relationship, uh, Jessica Vega, and we've been together. It'll be three years here uh, coming up in June, and so we've been living together and decided to move together uh, since uh, uh, Labor Day of last year, which would be 2018. And um, she has two children. She has a daughter who's 15, uh, a son who's uh, 10, and then I have two children. I have a son who's 12 and one who just turned 10 uh, as well, too. So uh, it's been an adventure for sure, living in all together. We've uh, spent a lot of time uh, together off and on before that. However, this is the first time here for the last few months that we've actually now blended the family per se. So how is that going? Because you're fairly new at blending. Um, mm-hmm. And so I know that at the beginning, everybody's trying to work out the kinks. So how's that all going? Uh, it's a work in progress <laughs> and, and it's uh, redrafting the plans, the thoughts, the whiteboarding and say, this worked. Oops, that didn't work. Uh, it's uh, definitely something that is is always changing and it's unpredictable. When we think we have something down, all of a sudden something, uh, a curveball is thrown at us or there's an outside environment and element. And so between therapy and I just thinking now that I think every one of us is going to therapy for some uh, reason or another. Uh, So it it definitely affects everybody emotionally uh, and physically as well, too. However, the good times when they're good times are amazing and, and great times that we have together. 
Yeah, and I'm looking at the ages here of the kids, and they're all very, very close in age, similarly to to my setup, really. I mean, we've got Mm -hmm. four that are all close in age, too, and we also had two and two. And Mm -hmm. our two youngest are the same age as well, but our two youngest are both girls. But anyway, um, Mm -hmm. you are, you know, in the thick of it here with with raising pretty much all, you know, preteens and teens. And so so how is that? How do they get along and um, and how are they at this? stage of life right now? <laughs> okay, so definitely up and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, there's uh, the two youngest ones, there's a boy and a girl, and then the two oldest ones will be a, a girl and a boy. And so uh, I have my children uh, essentially 50-50, so I have them, for example, two days a week and then every other weekend. So one chunk, I will have them for five days in a row, and then the following week, two days. Uh, Jessica has hers full time. Uh, and so that is something that uh, I think is unique to our relationship, that the uh, uh, her kids are, are at our place all the time, and then my kids come and go. And so that, is what I call the transition periods, has been uh, something of a learning process and a growth for me as well, too, to figure out what do I need to do when my kids come? For example, the week they're only with me for two days, how do I dedicate the time that I need to with them? Uh, and then how do I... Uh, What's the right word? I'm trying to, how do I blend them in for the two days? Uh, when it's five days, it's a little bit easier. Uh, however, the two days, you find some difficulties and they're coming from one household to the next uh, as well, too. And so, uh, there, like I said before, there's some good days and bad days. I think for me, it's just really giving as much heads up to my children to say, here's what's going on, giving them the time that they need up front. Uh, versus just expecting them to jump in and say, okay, here you go. Uh, uh, we're back to normal because it's not normal. Um, it, it's, it changes every day and everybody's got their emotional needs as well too. their space. Uh, maybe they had a good day at school. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe it was great. Uh, is there something that happened? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, my da- uh, daughter had uh, something going on and I didn't know it was at, at school. They uh, had to clean their desk and she was upset about that, but it it turned into, it snowballed into a, uh, an emotional meltdown. Even yesterday, I, I came home from work. My two kids were there by themselves. Uh, and I asked my daughter, she was telling me some things. She wants to be an actor. I said, oh, cool. Let's look at uh, some acting camps and things. And she started getting hangry, as I will call it, because <laughs> she was hungry and angry at the same time. And I noticed, oh, you didn't get a snack. Let's get you fed and things like that. And things calm down. So even just... Little things like that, like someone not having a snack can affect them or they're in the middle of playing their video game and that's the end of the world. If you stop it there, (laughs) I won't get into that. However, it's just understanding everyone's needs Yeah, Uh, and it's shifting all the time and they're going – you mentioned they're teenagers and they're going through a lot of emotional uh, ups and downs with their own body and who they are and things like that. So throw that into the mix and you don't know what kind of buffet you're going to get at the end. Here. Yeah, from day to day, right? I know we, we have the same thing too. And we used to also really struggle with the transitions. Um, and we had, again, a similar setup as you where at that time, my two lived with us full time and then Sean's kids would come every other weekend, but he didn't get the Mm -hmm. midweek because we lived, we didn't live that close, but we always found that it was Mm -hmm. very difficult on transitions, you know, especially when coming from the other house, because there are different rules and different expectations. And just, just in general, just everything is just different of what, 
what they expect and how they relate with that parent and what is expected of them at that house, whether it be chores, mm-hmm. whether it be certain types of behavior, hygiene habits, anything. And it's very anything. difficult. Yes. And especially now for Jessica, whose kids are there all the time, they're probably used to a certain standard of living at your house. Mm-hmm. And then when your kids come and they probably bring over other habits and ideas from the other house, does that get confusing there? Do the other kids start to pick up on the other kids' habits? How does that work? So some of the things, uh, I would say that uh, uh, personalities are very different. And when her ch- kids, for example, could be uh, completely content with uh, being quiet, being happy with a book, uh, happy doing some quiet activity. My kids are not that way at all. They, My daughter has to uh, sing and dance, and she wants to be the center of attention, and everybody needs to listen to her. And if she knows you're not, then she'll actually turn up the volume for you to hear her scheme. Uh, and my son wants to go outside all the time and do everything. So those two, when they just kind of just uh, they'll bump heads that way. And one wants one uh, quiet time and the other one does not. It's uh, okay, well, this is boring now. I'm done with 20 minutes of quiet time. Let me do something else. Um, so it depends. I think, for for example, the oldest um, kid, uh, she, being older, she now has uh, gone really well. Uh, she's gotten the ability to actually now really take care and uh for my daughter because they used to butt heads quite a bit and Mm. we kept them apart uh, for the longest time even before moving in together it's like oh no we're not doing anything uh, with the two because however when they moved in that was the surprise they actually got get along so well they do things together a lot more and uh, i think the older one just matured a little bit and also was saying i'm going to be nicer and see what happens i'm going to do the opposite of what I've been doing and it's working. Uh, thankfully, um, the boys will be boys. It seems like the boys will have their ups and downs and then it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, I'd have to say that in general seemed to be the case. Uh, there's one that has a little bit uh, more emotional needs than the others. However, um, the other one as well too has some different uh, needs that they need to have as well too. So I think everybody has their own thing and it's understanding, uh, the, and the more to the, they're together, uh, the more they understand it, especially when we talk about it. And we try to have family meetings once a week, although that has kind of cooled down a little bit, and let their emotions get out. You know, everybody seems to need a cry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and don't you notice too, that the the girls, the way they handle things, like you just said, you had to keep them apart for a while. The boys will, they might fight it out, but then, and and say some things, but they're done really quick. Whereas the girls Mm -hmm. will, they'll be very sneaky about it and Uh, they'll, mm -hmm. they can carry that stuff on for weeks if they want to, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you're dealing with it. So, so tell me, um, tell me how you get through these difficult transitions. Like I know you probably have some tips, because that's something that you've been working on. So Uh what are your tips for getting through? What can you say to the other listeners about getting through these difficult transitions when, you know, the first couple of days of a visitation? So the one thing that seems to really work is when I have them Wednesday is I take the time and it it naturally falls. My daughter has ballet and then my son has scouts afterwards. And then we have about an hour and a half, almost two hour break in between. So from then it decided to say, we're going to go out to dinner. All three of us were just going to go out to dinner. And since I want to be on a budget as well, too, it's picking places that it's less than $20. That's our limit. 20 bucks, we could go anywhere we want. And then so uh, what has worked well is instead of just throwing out uh, the 
the list of places, I actually printed them and put them in a little binder and kept it in the car and say, here, here, let's pick from this, no pun intended, here, pick from this menu of restaurants we could go to. That's 20 bucks or less. And that seemed to leave just offset that it's me trying to pick or uh, one kid says yes and the other kid says no to the other one and stuff like that. From the list, that reduced a lot of the tension that was going on between my kids. Pick, oh, you pick last time. You pick this time, you know, kind of getting them back and forth. So that has helped quite a bit. And from there, just finding out what's going on, uh, what's going on at school. Here's what we're going to do this weekend. Or what would you like to do this weekend? Get buy-in from them. At least maybe give them a small choice and say, here, we could do this or that. Which one would you like to do? Uh, to let them know that they have a, uh, a say in what they're going to do. Uh, answer any questions I may have because they will have a lot of questions and they do. Oh, who's, what's that person doing? What's that person? Are you going to be there? This, you know, Are they going to be here? Are they going to do that? They have tons of questions where they come to me. And so it's having that buffer. I'll call it a buffer zone that really helps uh, and stick into that as much as possible. There's times where it doesn't necessarily work out because there's something else going on that evening. However, it seems to be working a little bit more. So they feel that Jessica isn't taking um, there. She's not taking me away from them. Um, and actually my daughter has mentioned that I'm afraid that she's going to take you away from me. Uh, wow. she, right? So having that buffer is really important before. And then after the after part or the, the tail end of the transition, I haven't figured that one yet, uh, out, but I kind of go over sort of a, a business meeting or uh, a seminar or a conference kind of, or even a story just, Here's the summary at the beginning, and here's the summary at the end. Right. Sort of, you know, kind of have it set up that way. Well, I think it's a really wonderful, amazing idea as far as having that one-on-one interaction with them, both before and after. I think that it really speaks a lot. I think that kids need that little bit before mm-hmm. they're jumping into with the other siblings and the other household. I think it's really, really helpful. I love the idea of them picking out from a certain menu of $20 or less because that really helps you out too because I know how expensive it is trying to go out mm-hmm. and feed the kids. And so that's also a wonderful, amazing tip. And oh. so uh, that that's really great. Tell me about your kids and um, and the other house with your ex-wife. How How is that? Okay. So they've been through a period of transition as well, too. So I've, it's been three years now that I've separated, and I'll use air quotes, separated, and then we started the divorce process, which took a long time. And so um, they have been going through transitions, such as I. I've moved places t- uh, two times now, two or three, t- three times. Uh, and then uh, my uh, former spouse, she has moved once. So she's, she's losing in the process of losing the house where she's been and where the kids grew at. And that's been a hard transition, I think, for my kids. And so now they're living in a, a two-bedroom apartment. My mm-hmm. kids are sharing a room, uh, as well as my son is sharing a room with Jessica's son at our place. We only have four bedroom. And so um, I think that they've sort of downgraded a little bit. Um, and there's also some uh, some just uh, parental alienation going on as well, too, from my um from their mom's side with me. And so that causes a lot of 
uh, uh, upsets. Uh, and I've noticed that when, especially around the transitions, they're going from one set of rules or uh, what's going on over there and then coming to mind where there's uh, a different set of environment and rules as well, too. So I think it's hard because uh, what's happening with my kids is that I believe, in my opinion, um, and there's always two or three sides to a story, uh, as a friend once said, there's your side, her side, and then the and truth. And the truth, so. <laughs> yes. I say that all the time. It's so true, though. <laughs> so you kind of have to, but however, my side is that uh, my kids are taking care of her. They're becoming the parent uh, because uh, there's uh, some mental illness there mm-hmm. and uh, there's some problems uh, going on on her side. And so my kids just jump in. I even see it now that they really get in. They're always calling her. Are you okay? Are you doing the right? This, uh, so um, she's had... Uh, some struggles with transitioning from the divorce uh, into just uh, having a single life and being a single parent. And and I think the kids, it weighs on them and uh, they struggle uh, with that. Uh, And, you know, there's things even just as getting the, the, in the past, uh, getting the water bill cut off or the power bill or the power uh, getting cut off, things like that. So it's an emotional toll on my kids. Yeah. Um, Well, uh so, So what are you doing to combat the parental alienation? Because I know you and I have spoken previously and I know you said it's not severe and you don't think that it's it's fully intentional, but you obviously need to um, do some damage control. So Mm -hmm, what what are mm -hmm. you doing with that? Uh, I try to remain as calm as possible at all times, which honestly, sometimes it's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I will get angry. And that actually just happened just uh, last week to me where I just uh, got upset. I even took the, my kids and I said, fine, you know, if you don't like it, live in with me. And why don't you, we just go to your mom's? And they're like, no, we love, we love it here. And she, we can't go there. She's working today. I said, doesn't matter. She only lives 10 minutes away. I literally took my kids, drove them down to her place and say, all right, let's go. You know, I, I got to that point. And so there was a lot of yelling and screaming from everybody on the car ride there. And then on the way back, things settled down and uh, we resolved things for, for that time. We talked about things. And uh, that evening, my son and daughter made a awesome chocolate cake together. And that was it. It was chocolate yeah. cake and frosting and it, uh, it was all well. However, there are many times where, uh, it hurts and to be able, and, uh, my daughter had, uh, just the other day, changing the parenting plan is something that I've avoided doing. You know, they're with me these days and they're with her these days and trying to avoid that. The, uh, as much as possible. And in the beginning I was lenient and okay, let's do that. And so she, she would try to make some exceptions. However, I felt it was, I was doing more exceptions than she was. So I stopped doing that with the guidance from my therapist and the kids therapist as well too, to go, let's stick to the plan as much as possible. And so just even, uh, the other day was, there was a request to maybe stay the night with her and it was my day. And I said, no, well, it started a, a text exchange with my daughter, uh, and her mom. And I, I kind of intercepted it and she was calling me, uh, some, well, I guess I can't really say what kind of words she was <laughs> calling me, <laughs> but she was saying it to my daughter and oh. she was reading the text mm-hmm. and I actually, I started to get upset. And then I held back. And then I said to my daughter after a while, because she started yelling, I took her phone away and I copied it. And I I said, this is not right. Your mom's doing something that is not right. It's wrong. And, and then she was getting mad as well too. And then I 
turned it around. I said, you know, this hurts my feelings. Right. And it hurts me when your mom is talking to you about me like that. And that's where sh- things shifted. And I was like, wow, shit. When I started talking about feelings and the emotional yes. side of it. Yeah. And that's where she started understanding and calming down. And she started crying. Um, and speaking of crying, that's something that I haven't done much in front of my kids. And even uh, maybe I'm generalizing, but as a, as a man Mm -hmm. to cry, it's a little bit challenging for me. And, and so my kids don't see me emotionally, the, the, the crying Mm come or the tears coming down. So they, I think feel that, well, dad must be okay. He's not hurting. Yeah. That's not true. It's totally not true. I I, I want to stop there for a second because you bring up a really good point. And that's why I love to have you on the show and and for other men as well, because men are told that they can't be in touch with their emotions and their feelings and they have to hide it. And it's so true that children, you know, if, if they're watching their mom break down and cry and you're not and dad looks so strong, then in a child's mind, it appears that dad is hurting mom. And uh-huh. in your situation, I know one of the things that you really had a, a struggle with was that when you divorced and you left, it was difficult because of the living arrangements and the way that you felt and that, that you know, sometimes things aren't painted the right way for children. And especially when you're dealing with parental alienation because, uh-huh. and, and if, like you said, if you would fight back and say, well, your mother this, and, and, that is going to completely set things off in the wrong tone because as soon as the kids hear, well, mom said this and dad said this, they instantly get defensive for their other parent. And even though a child can say say terrible things about their own parent, they don't want the other parent speaking about their other parent. And so when you turned it around and you talked about how you were hurting it was a really good thing. You, you took it off of anything having to do with their mother and you put mm-hmm. it on you and your feelings and, and it helped them see the picture that, that you're being done wrong also. And I think that that was really helpful for what you did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's something that is uh, to build on because it doesn't come naturally for me to do that or say that. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is just to say, to be defensive and to say, here's my facts. Here's my list of reasons why. And I've done that even with just uh, financial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've shifted careers. I was in, in the corporate world before, and my sal- and now I'm a, a middle school teacher. And my salary has has shifted uh, on the minus side. And so I do not have the, the income I did before. Mm-hmm. However, my kids still remember that or, or have been told a lot about how much I did make, and now I don't. So I can't do the things that we used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that, I've proved to say, look at my bank statement, look at, uh, or look at online on the app here, look how much money you want to do this. I can't, you know, and I've stopped doing that as well too, because as much as I want to be uh, the person that said, here's the proof, it doesn't matter. And so from the literature I've read as well too, kids don't understand that yet. Wow. Wow. Um, I know we always want to justify things, especially when the other parent is saying awful things about us. And that has happened in, in, in my household too, where people Mm -hmm. are talking badly about us and you right away want to justify it and say, well, this isn't true. And here's why. But ultimately, um, what happens is that that kind of back and forth also hurts the kids and it's difficult. And so the best thing Mm -hmm. that you can do is, is like you said, try to stay calm when you can. And it's difficult to do that, right? It's so difficult to do that when we know 
know that somebody is saying things about us to our kids. And, and you know, our kids, that's the opinion we care about the most is what do my kids think about me? I mean, yes. at least I do. Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't seem fair when that stuff happens. But we have to remember where it's coming from. And what I always tell people, too, with parental alienation is that if you do the right thing as a parent and you don't stoop down to that level, the kids eventually do see the truth. They uh-huh. do realize which parent was saying what and which parent was wrong um, uh-huh. eventually as long as we can not get sucked into that, which is really, really hard to do. Um, I want to go back to um, you leaving again because I know as a man, you struggle with some different things that that women don't. You know, like women, women are painted as the victim in many cases of divorce. And I know that that is not truth, but this is going back. Things are changing now, of course. And I love that now fathers are getting 50-50 custody because back when I got divorced and my husband, Sean, got divorced, it wasn't a thing. Men didn't get Uh 50-50. It was all for the women. It was all for the mother. And dads were painted as these horrible, horrible people. And I'm glad that that's changing now. But we don't have a lot of men talking about what they felt like when there was a divorce. We hear a whole lot of women, because women are very vocal about that, but we don't hear men talking about the struggles that they feel as a single dad um, Uh or as a a part-time dad. So I want you to talk about that a little bit, because I know that was a struggle for you. And I want you to talk about a men's point of view when you do have a divorce and, and how you deal with that with your children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks for giving me the opportunity for that because it seems like, um, uh, it, it's, there's a expectation that things are, are a lot rosier, uh, for, for some people. And uh, in my instance, uh, uh, circumstance, I remember the the day that we sat down at the dinner table after dinner and just telling the kids, you know, your mom and I are splitting and, and everyone cried except me. And I, I, I was crying inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could say that I, I was, I was sad. I was afraid. I was just, again, trying to be strong and say, okay. Uh, however, I had all sorts of emotions. My heart was pounding. I was being, uh, I could feel the, the, the blood sort of like having a hot flash, you know, just up and having all these type of, uh, sensations throughout my body. However, it's just like, wow, this, I cannot, I don't know what to do. I was lost. And, and confused, I would say. Um, and then being the person to physically leave as well, too, that's hard because uh, to for the kids, for example, in their point, in their mind, I'm the one leaving. Now, forget about what's everything that we did as a couple beforehand, the marriage count. Mm-hmm working on this and that, they, they didn't see that, uh, you know, they just see dad walking out the door with his bags or, you know, the bags are outside the porch and come picking up, pick them up, you know, the things you, so there's a lot of hurt around there and sadness that I felt. Um, and then moving into a place, um, I, we didn't have the, the finances to say, okay, well now I could go find a, a, a place by the waterfront or something like that and, and kick in. No, I, I first moved in with my parents for about three months and then moved in with a, a friend uh, living on the uh, upstairs of his house. And the rent was cheap and it was affordable because of course 
as you may know, and a lot of people, your listeners may know, once you go through that process, things get expensive with divorce lawyers and uh, uh, two households, and now maybe eating out more because you don't have things and getting new stuff for your house. Uh, there's all that mix. So there's a sense of really helpless, uh, being helpless and lonely. Um, especially just the times where you come home every day and now you come home and there's no one there. Mm. Um, and just to have this emptiness inside and just go, wow, uh, did I do something wrong? I kind of replay it in my head over time to what, what went wrong, what it did. Cause I didn't plan for this. Who did? Who does? And get married and go, oh, yeah, well, I can't wait till we divorce and looking forward for that day. Heck no. <laughs> and so it's a sense of failure um, as well, too. It's just be the sense of having a business and it's failing, uh, which I've had and going through bankruptcy um, or, or, or those kind of feelings definitely go on. And um, then just move into another place, uh, which was a little bit bigger. It was a house and so forth. Um, but then finding starting another relationship, uh, that is also sometimes that something that my kids saw and, oh, well, dad's moving on, right? Everything must be all right. And he's never crying when we see him. Mm. And so yet there's still the, there's a, there was a lot of anger and there's still some anger in, inside of me, um, because things sometimes that my kids will do, I I don't know now if it's the parental alienation. Is it them, just who they are? Um, and con- I guess some some confusion. I've a lot. I've been confused a lot. So all these emotions. I think I have all the emotions like anyone else does. It's just not expressed uh, outward or physically. Yeah. Well, and and we certainly really appreciate you being here and being vulnerable here on the show, because I know there's other men that feel the way you feel and that have been where you were and that maybe don't feel that they can really talk about it because it's not acceptable or it never mm-hmm. has been acceptable. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate that you're here talking about that because it is hard. And I, I happen to be lucky to have a husband who is in touch with his sensitivity and, and he's very open about emotions, but I know that not a lot of men are, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's not fair because everybody has the same emotions and you should be able to express that. And, um, to your point with, and it was a big point, that's why I'm circling back around. You were Mm -hmm. the one who left. That happens in a lot of homes where, the man will leave because maybe he's he's allowing the woman to stay in the living arrangements with the children so that they don't have to move. Mm-hmm. And it always does look like dad's fine. Dad picked up and left. Nothing else changed here, but dad's gone. And that's what ends up having a lot of issues with fathers and children. Um, luckily, you see your kids 50-50, so it's a little bit different. But back mm-hmm. when that wasn't allowed, it was very difficult to to get kids to understand that dad maybe hasn't done anything wrong necessarily just because he picked up and left. And so um, it's, it's a struggle, but I think that things are definitely changing. And I think that things are looking better for fathers nowadays, which is, which is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad because that would be horrible not to be able to to, to see your kids. Uh, and, uh, and there's also, there's certainly, especially in the beginning, there's a lot of finger pointing and things like that. And hopefully over time that, uh, will, will go away. Uh, but in the meantime, it's, it's, it's awful. It's really awful. You know, dad or mom is just trying to do the best thing, uh, with their kids at the, in the moment. And as much as possible, if they could forget, 
for a moment uh, about the other parent mm-hmm. um, during that time, that's the best thing they could do because kids could see right through that. They could see when you're really trying, you're fake happy and you're trying to do something and you're uh, they could tell and if you can almost let go of any anything and just you know it's in the past whatever happened yesterday with that person while they were there or something like that just okay whatever you know if they're yeah they're living and breathing and healthy that's all that really matters right right and um (laughs) so let me ask you this because you um and, and by the way, I, I really, I really commend you for coming on here, and, and I thank you for being so open. Um, you, you're a middle school teacher, so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> middle schoolers are, you know, listen, I, I've gotten through four of them, and I would, that was my, <laughs> I want to say that was my least favorite phase or my least favorite age group was the middle school age group, and you're not only do you have children that age, you are also a teacher. So Mm -hmm. tell me, does, does that relate? Like, do you, do you find that being a middle school teacher helps you to understand your own children better or vice versa? Oh, absolutely. Now it has. (laughs) And when I get a note from one of my kids' teachers say, oh, your kid's doing this in class, I go, oh, I facepalm and I, (laughs) I just go, wow. However, I see it. And I see that and understand that kids are 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 goofy. They're acting yeah. out. They're knuckleheads. Uh, whatever term you want to use, they do things and they don't know why. They just do things. They have their, their hormones are going uh, uh, all over the place. They're growing, uh, and that's something that uh, they can't control. And they're. There, it's going to take a, a, a few years for that, uh, them to get that. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that we don't realize that. Um, and even as a teacher now, for example, what we've noticed uh, in our house is that we put out some, some rules around the house, just some, some signs of this and that. And I realized when I got into a classroom, wait a minute, the kids are used to seeing all the rules posted. Yeah. And it could be that even the date is most, on most whiteboards. Uh, and what they're supposed to do when they come into class and the homework assignments and the class and the period schedules and things like that. At home, we tend to not put very many signs up about what to do. And then we expect them to just remember this stuff. They're not. They're, as we all know, they're in their own, own little world. Uh, however, I see behavior of just kids. Uh, and then in the classroom, they do things. They go, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why did you say that? I don't know. (laughs) And I just go, oh, that's amazing. So now I see why my kids do things too. Um, And because they, they, the easiest thing is they just can't control. And there are some programs as well too that are on Netflix and Amazon that I've seen now that I, that are talking about the the teenage years oh to my go, goodness. Wow. Are you talking about, um, big mouth, the show, big mouth? Yeah. Yes. Let yes. me tell you for anybody who has not yes. watched that show, believe it or not, my own teenagers turned us onto that show, which uh-huh. if it, you know, if anybody's watched it, it really is not a show for kids. It's, no. it's, it's kids going through puberty in a cartoon setting, but the jokes are really for adults to understand. And it's, it's, I'm going to warn everybody right now. If you check it out, it's, it's a little bit, um, 
I don't know if I should use the word raunchy or whatever you want to uh, use. I yes. mean, you, yeah, you want to make sure that you can handle stuff like that and that you're not sensitive to stuff. But I find the show hilarious because they talk about the kids. They're all going through puberty and they talk about their hormone monsters. The hormone monsters, and right. The, and you could see their hormone monsters. And it just makes it so much easier to understand because we forget how confusing life was at that time. And it kind of helps you to remember. And then you look at your kids and you're like, okay, that's... That's just their hormone monster acting up yes. like they're fine. Yes. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it is. And, and <laughs> the suggestion I would give is to maybe just for the adults to watch it beforehand and then yes. maybe uh, watch it with kids, although it, it could be uncomfortable. However, they bring up really good and uh, things that come up and that yeah. must go on. And I'm sure they have experts on the show to really guide them uh, as well, too, on what the emotions are. And so and maybe teens themselves. There's another show that we've been watching, Jessica and I. It's called Sex Education. That's on Amazon. And that's more of a high school setting. Uh, kid, the One kid, his mom's a sex therapist. And so he's listening to the conversation so much, he kind of does this business with someone else at the high school. Hilarious. <laughs> Same thing. There's all the things that are happening in, in, uh, in real life. Um, uh, and so th those are the shows that I've said, yeah, especially big mouth. Cause, uh, yeah, my son has watched it with Jessica's son. Uh, my daughter won't watch it cause she'll be like, Oh, that's, you know, gross and stuff. However, I think she kind of list has listened in. So, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's important for people to realize, even though I know we're, we're very, very open in my house and I know not everybody is like that and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I find that as uncomfortable as it is at the beginning, when you start to be open with your kids, it gets more easy as you go along to the point where my kids showed me the show. And mm -hmm. listen, if you think it's too raunchy or too out there. Trust me when I tell you, your kids are hearing it at school anyway. And so it, they're going to either hide it from you or they're going to tell you about it. And it is it is a funny show, but it also is educational in, in a certain sense um, for, for both parents and kids. So, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, check it out. But don't don't get mad at us if you think that it's. It's a little too much, but don't don't let your kids watch it until you watch it first. I'll just say that. But uh, exactly, and yeah. back it up with some some discussions yes. if you do afterwards, and not just leave it at the yes. the TV show. It's back in the days. It's just you don't hand a Playboy to a kid and say, "Here, learn about sex that way." Right. You, you want to be able to talk about it yeah. and stuff. And, yeah. and I've had great conversations with my son. Actually, maybe he was watching the show. Uh, already, I'm not sure. However, I had a good uh, time talking for about an hour about all those topics on the show. Uh, and uh, again, we're open as well, too, yeah. in our house, because uh, you're right. And I actually heard of a sex therapist that was invited to the kids' uh, elementary school about, especially online CFP. And he's he was saying it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. And you're right. If it's not, half the kids in my school have phones. And so you know, if you don't think if you blocked your phone, uh, they're sitting right next to someone who could see everything in HD. That's right. <laughs> and let me ask you, Mark, because you are you are a middle school teacher. I mean, aren't you hearing them talk about these things anyway at school? I'm sure you oh, hear the oh, conversations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. And I have to constantly say, OK, guys, no, uh, <laughs> you can't say that in class. It's, yeah. you know, that's for the the other class. This is a computer robotics class. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It comes up and it naturally does. So, again, it's uh, and no matter what the topic, it, there's so many things as we live now in a world where everything is instant. 
uh, and I wanted to kind of circle back on one of the points that the, the time that it takes for kids to understand where the truth is coming from, which parent is telling the truth or whatnot, mm-hmm. that may take a few months. It may take years. And in, a, in the environment and society we live in where everything's instant, uh, we, I want that instant understanding from my kids right away. And it may be year, years before I get that. So it's don't expect it to happen right away. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then there's one other thing I want to touch on before we get to our, our finishing questions is that mm-hmm. um, because I think this will help some other listeners is is co-parenting. And I know that you have two sets of kids and they're they're very different from each other. And my kids are like that, too. So um, and I know you talked a little bit about that, like her kids are much more calm and yours are more rambunctious. But do you have any tips for how you deal with that? Um, when, when the kids are so opposite, do you have anything that maybe you've found that they all like, do like to do together or anything like that? Oh, yes. We are finding that, uh, playing games has been pretty good so far. Uh, one of them got, uh, Jessica's oldest daughter got Uno, uh, not too long ago, just within the last two months. And the kids have been playing Uno a lot, uh, as well too. So them having some, even some old fashioned games, it's just has been pretty good. Uh, to do now, some games we've tried and it causes upset, and it's like, uh oh. <laughs> However, some games are are really good. Um, uh, doing things together in in spurts is pretty good. Again, having their buy in, uh, and I, I'll say that I think it's important to just try to have things that you could do. Uh, together that everybody's going to do, and not uh, you know if everybody's laughing and things like that, even if it lasts fifteen minutes take it, mm-hmm. take that 15 minutes and then just go your separate ways. And then that's it. Cause at least yeah. if you could have that, that, that little win, it's great. Now, if it lasts two hours, fantastic. That's, uh, that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had in, in our house, Sean's kids were always the ones that wanted to run around and, and they could not sit still. And my kids would sit and they could watch TV all day. And mm-hmm. what we tried to do sometimes, which was kind of nice was that, his kids got mine up off the couch and doing mm-hmm. some things that they like to do, which was actually helpful uh, because my kids had a tendency to be a little bit more lazy. And so mm-hmm. um, that might be something in your house you could do, too. Like maybe um, your your little theatrical one, maybe they can make up some videos or some mm-hmm. dances and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, I know. That's what we used to try to get them to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to find something that everything's going to click and things like that. However, it's good for them to come up with some stuff and and do it and get outside the house as it is coming in. We just had a a strong winter. So there's a lot of times to stay inside. Yeah, exactly. Well, this Mm -hmm. has been just a wonderful conversation, but I do have uh, the same five questions that I ask all of my co-hosts. Are you ready? Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Great. Uh, So these are pretty simple. The first one is, Mm -hmm. what is the thing you love most about your blended family? Uh, There's a few things. Uh, However, I would say mostly the memories that uh, we're building. So uh, one that comes to mind uh, is a trip that we took to Yellowstone a couple years ago. And that was really in the beginning of our relationship. And uh, we had... uh, there's, there was a lot of upset on that trip. And as you can imagine, in a minivan traveling uh, across a couple states and things like that, uh, that's the thing that keeps coming up over and over and over. It's like, oh, remember Yellowstone? And they come up with some funny memories from that. And it's like, you know, and I just turned to Jessica 
just say, you know, look, wow, that, that was amazing. You know, yeah. and well, you're right, because somebody, I was just talking, oh, no, we were down at the um, Grant Cardone 10X, and he was talking about it, and he said, you know, I mean, this guy's got a lot of money. I mean, he's worth, I don't know, $500 million or something, and he was talking about he does not like to buy presents for people for Christmas or for different things because mm-hmm. people don't remember what you got them. They remember you know, people remember the way that you feel or memories, like you said. And so he likes to buy experiences. Like what can you do as a family together? It's not about just buying the kids a bunch of gifts, but what can we do together? Because those are the things that people remember. And so I think that that's really nice that you guys are already cultivating those memories. It's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. I mean, even just, uh, we, we over drove overnight from, uh, from Seattle over to, uh, uh, Montana. We stopped the, 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 the morning, of driving over to, and we went through a Starbucks and my daughter was just waking up and asked, what do you want? And she said she wanted a burger and fries. And that's the one thing that keeps popping up. I mean, everybody was half asleep and we still, we laugh so much when, and especially after a family meeting where things are tense and things yeah. that we always kind of go back to that Yellowstone trip. And it was a one-time thing. Um, however, it, it those memories are yeah. so uh, awesome. They're powerful. Great. Yeah, they are. So number two, what is the biggest challenge right now in your blended family? Uh, it's really a, the a space for everybody being mindful and respectful of, of someone's choice. You know, if they want to be left alone or they don't want to do this activity, it's just to be respectful and go, Oh, okay. I understand. Maybe later or something like that. Uh, and, and it's the pushing and nagging. Uh, yeah. um, I know from, from, that happens a lot. Um, and I'm not going to say who does it. However, it, it just happens. And it's like, that's where things build up. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just having, again, I think that's a maturity thing. Because uh, as adults, we could say, you know, I need a quiet time. And we almost need, we talked about having the sign as you do in a, in a hospital from zero to 10, how you feel. If we could have that poster on someone uh, in the kitchen and we know, oh, this person's feeling sad today, leave them, let's leave them alone. Yeah. You know, give them a because well, we don't know that we don't they don't necessarily know those indicators. No, but it's really it's really nice that you're trying to teach them that at this age because uh, to be mindful of the way somebody feels is something we need the whole rest of our life. And so I really oh, yes. admire <laughs> that you're trying to teach them that now. That's wonderful. Uh, number three, if you knew then what you know now, what is one thing you would have done differently when you first blended? I, uh, I would say it's something to have structured, either a formal program that we have uh, that we could go to and start building an awareness for each other, getting to know uh, each other. Because what has happened, Jessica and I chose to be together, uh, and we've spent a lot of time to get to know each other and grow together. Our kids haven't done that, per se. Yeah. And so to have some some time, even if it was a, a camp, a weekend camp or a, a half day camp or a day camp or something like that, some re- place where we could go where there's activities where and maybe it's in a uh, um, Trinity, Jessica's daughter went to a panic room last week. It's something like yeah. that, you know, a, kind of where they have to a team building yeah. so, or family building exercise. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's available around here. No, but However, that's such a something. good idea. I love it. I love the sound mm-hmm. of that. Have you seen the movie? I know it's not real, but have you seen the movie Blended? 
Yeah, exactly. It's that. one yes, of my exactly. favorite movies, and I wish that that island really did exist for blended mm-hmm. families to go and and connect. I love that movie; it's so fabulous. But yes, yeah, even if they had something on a smaller scale, that would be such a great mm-hmm. great idea. Um, I would love to start yes, something like absolutely. that. Absolutely, even if it's an hour or two, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. yeah. I agree. Good. Um, number four. What is something you know you're doing right in your blended family? Something that you're really proud of. Uh, that would be dedicating the time with uh, my kids' transitions, and that's really something that we're really just all constantly working on, uh, and that seems to be working. So they don't come in that uh, I'm, this my time with them is stolen or taken away by anybody else, and yeah. that seems to be working. And just leaving things that are, you know, it's just not pushing. Uh, not too long ago, dinner dinner for the kids was. Um, ready just a little bit earlier than Jessica and I, because we were making something that we knew the kids didn't want to eat or anything like that. So they sat at the table, they ate instead of forcing them to say, and dinner time for me is a big thing. I love being uh, at the table. That's my Mediterranean background and heritage is that it's so important. However, it was a lot easier for them just to eat and then us eat a half hour later and things went so smoothly other than trying to force it. Yeah. Uh, and so things like that, it's just being flexible, um, and learning that, Hey, that's okay. You know? Nice. Nice. And so the last question is if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be? I think it's just to communicate with your significant other, uh, as much as possible, just, and, and, treated as, and I'm doing air quotes, a business meeting just to say, okay, here's what's happening. Uh, I, I love you very much. Uh, I need to, I need to spend time with my kids tonight, or I need to, we're going to all sleep in the same room or we're going to go outside in the tent and camp tonight or something like that. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. Is that okay? And things like that. So h- having those, those mechanisms in play, so you don't alienate your partner and significant other uh, during this. So it's communicating and understand our relationship is long-term. The kids is, is long-term. Yes. However, they're going to grow in a few years. Yep. Uh, and so we hope that we will be able to be adult enough and mature enough that this is just a, 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 a small amount of time. And, uh, the kids are not going to be with me this week, the next weekend. So maybe we could have a, a getaway you and I, and then just spend all the time there. So that's what thing I would say is between the two is don't lose that relationship and communicate because it's okay that they're, you know, the other person, your other half is gone for a night or something like that. Well, that is it's really a, great advice. Worthwhile investment. It's very worthwhile. Yeah. Investment. yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, you sound like you and Jessica are really doing a lot of things right. And I think that you had such wonderful tips to share today. And I think that all of the listeners are really going to resonate with them, um, especially just hearing from a man's point of view, because most people, they, they've heard from my husband before, but it's nice to have another man on the show um, talking about your own emotions and what you go through, because I think that people forget that men have emotions too and feelings oh, yeah. too. So thank you so much right. for that. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, and yeah. I do hope that was, at least someone gets something out of it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know more than someone. There's going to be a lot of people that get something out of it. Mark, are you in our private Facebook Great. group? Uh, no, I'm not. No. 
Okay. So, um, so for the listeners, if you, you can't find Mark in the private Facebook group, but if you have anything you want to say to him, any kind of comments or feedback or questions, you can then just email me, Melissa at Blended Family Podcast, and I will make sure that Mark gets it. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Mark. Thank you very much, Melissa. It was all my pleasure. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.